Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Welcome to our ongoing Wednesday midweek teaching series. Through the season of Lent, from Ash Wednesday leading up to the Wednesday before Easter, each Wednesday we've been looking at a different spiritual discipline. I've been using the paradigm of a house to look at different aspects of different spiritual disciplines. So we've talked about some foundational disciplines. This is the foundation of the house. You don't really see it, and yet the house can't stand um, if that foundation's not there. And so prayer and the word of God and fasting, these are all spiritual disciplines that are inward and foundational. They're not visible to the outward world or even to our community necessarily, and yet the house can't stand without them. And then we've spent several weeks looking at the visible house, outward spiritual disciplines. We looked at service last week, and the week before that, we looked at solitude and silence. And that might not seem like a visible spiritual discipline, and yet it actually is because as we spend time in silence and solitude with the Lord, what it opens up for us is deeper intimacy with other people. You can't truly see your neighbor until you've seen and been seen by God in the secret and quiet place. Now we're transitioning to the dinner table spiritual disciplines. We're going to take this week and next week to look at the disciplines um, that are corporate. And today we're talking about confession. And so you have the foundation of the house, you have the house, and then maybe the most sacred place in the house is the dinner table where you gather with your family, your relatives, your close friends, and you share in the fellowship of a meal. That's where family, that's where deep relationship is built around the dinner table. This is why the feasting dinner table is the image of God's bride and the bridegroom come together in eternity in the book of Revelation. So today, our first dinner table or corporate um, uh, discipline that we're looking at is the discipline of confession. Let's pray and invite the Lord to lead us in this topic. Would you pray with me? Well, Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we confess our need for you. And we confess that you are Lord. And that's why we're coming before you today, looking at your word and looking at the spiritual discipline and seeking to become more like you by practicing the discipline of confession. Would you teach us, would you guide us through your spirit and word today, that we might be more like you, that we might be formed deeper into your image. We pray this in Jesus' name. Have you ever had the experience or the sensation of drowning? If you have, then you know it is an awful thing to go through. Many of you know that I spent a portion of my childhood for about seven years living in the southern Philippines. And one of the awesome benefits of living in the Philippines is there's ocean everywhere. The Philippines is a group of about 7,000 islands. And so there are beaches and beautiful beaches almost everywhere. And that was certainly the case on the island and the city that we lived in. Um, But where I lived, most of the ocean uh, was really calm because it was all surrounded by other islands which broke up the waves and the storms. And so when we would go to the beach, they were great for snorkeling, for swimming, for scuba diving, but not for surfing. And one time my family decided to take a trip to a resort with a couple other families um, that was world famous for surfing. Australians and New Zealanders and Indonesians and even people from Europe and America would travel there for surfing competitions. Now, I had never been surfing before. I was a pretty strong swimmer at the time, but I'd never been surfing before. And uh, this was not 
the best place to learn how to surf for the first time because the waves were like for professionals. They were massive waves. But regardless, me and a couple buddies, we rented some surfboards and went out into the ocean. It's the first time I'd ever tried to get on a surfboard. I caught a wave, I stood up, and the surfboard flew out from underneath me. I went down and I got caught in this massive wave and it pounded me into the reef and it knocked the air out of my lungs. When I hit the coral, I went, uh, I went face down first. Boom, I hit the rocks in the coral. The air went out from under me and I'm stuck getting uh, spun around by this wave. And I started to black out and I was sure in that moment, in those fleeting moments that I was about to drown. Well, fortunately, right before I lost consciousness, I came up to the surface and was able to bring in a huge gulp of fresh air. And that sensation of bringing the air into my lungs was the most relieving, life-giving sensation that I think I'd ever experienced in my life up until that point. That's what it's like to walk in confession. When we're living a life of secrecy and hiding and brokenness, and the enemy is blackmailing us, Satan is blackmailing us and saying, I know what you've done, I know what you've thought, I know what you've seen, I know, I know who you are. It's like we're getting pounded into the reef and we're drowning. And what confession does when we confess our sins to one another, or to our brothers and sisters, when we confess to the Lord, we, we, we're grabbing the hands of someone stronger than us who's supporting us and pulling us out from the depths so that we can have life and breath in our lungs again. In his classic book, Celebration of Disciplines, Richard Foster, speaking of the spiritual discipline of confession, he says, at the heart of God is the desire to give and forgive. Because of this, he set into motion the entire redemptive process that culminated in the cross and was confirmed in the resurrection. God desires to forgive us. He desires to pour out that air into our lungs. He doesn't want to pull us out of the depths so that he can point his finger at us and point his finger at us and say, shame on you. Why weren't you better? Why weren't you good? Why, why didn't you work harder? He wants to pull us out of the depths so he can fill us with life and with breath and pour out his love and forgiveness on us. And that's what confession does. Foster goes on to say, confession is a difficult discipline for us because we all too often view the believing community as a fellowship of saints before we see it as a fellowship of sinners. We feel that everyone else has advanced so far into holiness that we are isolated and alone in our sin. We cannot bear to reveal our failures and shortcomings to others. We imagine that we are the only ones who have not stepped onto the high road to heaven. Therefore, we hide ourselves from one another and live in veiled lies and hypocrisy. Listen to what he says. He goes on to say, But if we know that the people of God are first a fellowship of sinners, or in my analogy today, if we know that first and foremost, the, the fellowship of God's people are a fellowship of people who are drowning without his love, who are, who are in the depths and need the fresh air of God and his forgiveness. He, he says we are free to hear the unconditional call of God's love and to confess our needs openly before our brothers and sisters. We know we are not alone in our sin. The fear and pride that cling to us like barnacles cling to others also. We are sinners together. In acts of mutual confession, we release the power that heals. Our humanity is no longer denied, but transformed. 
I want to stick a pin in that phrase. I want you to highlight that phrase with me where he combines, he connects confession with healing. He says, in acts of mutual confession, we release the power that heals. Why are those two things connected? Why are healing and confession connected? Well, let's listen to the word of God. James, the brother of Jesus, writes in his epistle, his letter, James chapter 5. He says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. What James is doing here is he's connecting the forgiveness of God as we pray and and confess that we are sinners. There's forgiveness. Therefore, confess your sins to each other, not just to God, but actually to one another and pray for one another and receive that forgiveness so that you can be healed. James is doing the same thing that Foster talked about where he's connecting the principle, the spiritual discipline of confessing with healing. So with this in mind, I want to invite us to our weekly challenge. Confess openly to the Lord the areas where you are currently struggling. Surely there's an area in your life where you are struggling. Surely there's an area in your life, just like me, where you are tempted to hide your brokenness, tempted to hide the darkness within you. Confess it openly to the Lord. Come up into the light, into the air, and breathe, and let the light of Christ shine on you. Secondly, contact a trusted friend and vulnerably and honestly share with them areas of personal brokenness and sin. I found in my own life it's much easier for me to confess my sins to the Lord sometimes than it is for me to confess to a brother and sister. Why is that? Why is that? Why, why might you be able to say um, to the Lord openly areas where you're struggling but not to someone else? Find a trusted friend and take that step of vulnerability. Risk. Risk it. It's worth it. And confess openly what you're struggling with. My guess is you'll find that rather than greeting you with condemnation, you'll be greeted with forgiveness and grace. And thirdly, I want to invite you to journal about this experience. As you confess to the Lord and to a brother or sister, what did you learn about God and what did you learn about yourself? As we wrap up our time today, let me invite you to wrestle and chew on the following questions. Why do you think the Apostle James links confession and healing together? Why is that link made? How might practicing the discipline of confession grow your intimacy with Jesus? Life, the great treasure of life is intimacy with Jesus. So practicing confession can actually develop that. And what are ways that you can build the discipline of confession into your regular routine in life? Thank you so much for joining us today. My prayer for you today is that you would come out from the depths, out of the darkness, into the light, breathe the fresh air, let the light of Christ shine on you, receive healing through the great gift and the spiritual discipline of confession. Once again, thanks so much for being with us today. I hope you have a great day. Go with God. Be blessed.